today's Dell Technologies podcast with Michael Trifolo and Richard Houghton. Michael is a core solutions architect working with Dell's enterprise customers, and Richard is a data analytics specialist in Dell's data-centric workloads team. And I'm Stephen Fennick, your host. I'm a longtime tech journalist and regular TV and radio presenter. Before we start, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of our country and acknowledge their continuing connection to land, water, and community. We acknowledge the culture, the history, and the languages of our First Nation peoples and pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Today, IT leaders face unprecedented data challenges. The volume of data they have to manage is growing exponentially. It's also growing in variety and complexity. Apart from the sort of corporate data that's been around for years, there's data associated with advanced workloads, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and more. And all this data must be kept safe and secure, protected from the growing army of ever more sophisticated cyber criminals. And its availability must be guaranteed. Not so long ago, most corporate data might have been corralled in a few data centers. Today, it is everywhere, in multiple cloud computing centers, on premises, and in particular, at the network edge. These developments demand a new approach to edge computing, one that helps CIOs and IT meet their data challenges efficiently and securely. That's what Dell Technologies has achieved with its latest Power Edge service. So without further ado, Richard, we'll come to you first. Can you summarize some of the main data challenges created by artificial intelligence, machine learning, and high-performance computing? Hi, Stephen. Uh, thanks for the introduction. So artificial intelligence or AI, machine learning, deep learning, I don't think you can go anywhere and it not seem like these technologies are taking over the world. I mean... As soon as I mention I work in IT to people, the first thing they ask about is ChatGPT. <laughs> I ride motorbikes, so it's not something that I really associate with AI. But in a Facebook post on an adventure motorcycle group, I read a post from a person who'd heard about this ChatGPT thing and then used it to ask, what gear should I pack on a motorbike for two weeks of overland travel? So even motorcycle adventure riding is feeling the influence of AI. And just before ChatGPT, we had all this uproar about art and artists with multiple AI models now being able to create photorealistic images just from the text prompts that people enter. And I think we're, we're just at the tip of the iceberg. So... Those are some very consumer-facing examples, but what it's doing is massively raising the profile of AI and its inevitable use within business. So challenges created by AI. I think there are some, uh, there are some very important issues around data bias and other moral issues. Um, we need to understand data lineage and data privacy, but given we're here to talk about PowerEdge service today. I'll, I'll focus on some of the tech issues presented by AI. And I guess the biggest challenge with AI is just the pure amount of data 
and the associated data throughput required. This is especially true when we're talking about training AI models. We now need servers that are capable of not just supporting 10 or 25 gig throughput on network interfaces, but potentially multiple interfaces at 100 gig or greater speeds. That means that we also now need really fast memory in the service for this data processing. And then we need to put that data somewhere persistent. So fast NVMe storage becomes a must. Now to compute all this data, we're likely going to use some sort of acceleration device. So typically that today, that means a GPU. So now we need lots of PCIe bandwidths within a server. And all of this needs to be coordinated so high-performance CPU is required. Now, all of this high-performance compute leads to, I think, another very important challenge that we are facing, and that's power consumption and cooling. Previously, I think it's been something customers have considered from a pure technical perspective, like, you know, can we actually provide enough power and cooling in a rack for these high-performance workloads? But now I think it's become a lot more front and center as various geographies around the globe are seeing considerable increases in power costs. So running these workloads now becomes a lot more costly and we need to be able to help them manage that while still achieving the outcomes they need. So there's a lot for people to consider. Mike, what do organizations need to do to overcome these challenges and gain maximum benefit from these technologies? Hey, Stephen. Thanks for the introduction. When it comes to these new technologies, there are definitely some challenges that organizations need to be aware of and some pitfalls to avoid. It's really important to develop a comprehensive data strategy. Now, that means thinking about everything about the data from management to processing, privacy, governance, and the security of that data. Organizations need to think and make sure that everyone understands their role in managing that data and keeping it secure. Another key step is investing in robust infrastructure. And that means you need the right hardware and software in place to efficiently process these large amounts of data. And I guess data quality, that, that's important too, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So if the data that you train your AI and ML models with isn't cleansed and normalized and validated, you won't get the results that you're expecting for your machine learning um, algorithms and the outcomes then can't be actioned on reliably. But then, of course, you've got to worry about, as we always have to, security. Yeah, security is really key today and organizations need to implant, implement strong data security measures. And uh, it's all about securing those storage networks and devices and establishing secure protocols um, and policies for sharing data and access of that data. Data breaches are a major concern today and it's crucial to stay ahead of the curve and legislative requirements. But it's also, well, technology is one thing, but what about the, the culture of your data-driven decision-making? That's, that's a key as well, isn't it? Yeah, so that's more about 
changing how employees make decisions. And it means that you need to encourage your employees and train them um, in using data to inform their decision making. Investing in data literacy and training programs will mean a better outcome for the business and better and quicker adoption of these new technologies to help drive more important business outcomes. So having teaming up with uh, someone like Dell Technologies is incredibly beneficial. Yeah, Stephen. Uh, we like to think of ourselves as the technology experts, um, and use it, utilizing and partnering with us, you can gain access to the latest tools, expertise, and avoid common mistakes when starting out with these new technologies. All right, Mike. We'll stay with you for a moment. How do Dell's new Power Edge service help organisations overcome these data challenges and generate insights and actionable results from their data? Hey, Steve. Dell Technologies is no stranger to overcoming these challenges, and we've been innovating in this space since our first generation of PowerEdge servers in 1996, over 27 years ago. Well, you, were you even born yet? <laughs> only just, Stephen, only just. <laughs> our latest 16th generation servers are purpose-built for these technologies, and they utilize the latest processors, DDR5 memory, and PCIe Gen 5 connectivity. They bring with it improved performance, density, and efficiency per watt. And for some of these workloads, we've seen up to 121% performance increase. So how, how about managing data? To, to better help manage data, we have new E3 Gen 5 NVMe drives, and they offer twice the performance over our previous generation NVMe drives, and uh, as well as increased capacity per server. With this new slimmer form factor, we can fit 32 drives per server, and that allows for almost half a petabyte of raw NVMe storage. We also have industry-leading accelerator-enabled portfolio and that allows real-time data processing and analytics. So what sort of frameworks are companies using to handle these huge amounts of data? Stephen, there's a, there's a magnitude of frameworks across the ecosystem um, from NVIDIA as well as AMD. And it's really important that companies understand and they understand the requirements for these frameworks. Um, we also offer pre-validated solutions to help organizations build and deploy these models quickly and efficiently. Uh, this purpose-built portfolio is available in a range of form factors such as rack, tower, and modular chassis as well as specialist designs for rugged and edge environments, which Rich will talk about a little bit later in the podcast. Richard, turning now to edge computing, what are some of the main challenges it presents to organizations and how can Dell Power Edge servers meet these challenges? Yeah, um, uh, look, I think edge has become a lot more compute intensive. Uh, it's not like edge is new. It's just that the workload we're trying to run there has become more complex. Uh, if, we, if we think about it, like legacy systems may have had sensors that provided low fidelity data, say over RS-232 or other low bitrate communications channels. Now, now we're dealing with like large unstructured data sets like streaming video or log files and not just log files from a few endpoints. I mean, log files from many, many endpoints. So previously, we might have got away with a client device, you know, a PC to handle this. But 
not anymore. And these edge environments, the other thing that they, uh, the other thing that can be challenging there is the actual environment. They can be environmentally challenging. So we had a customer who needed compute in a very challenging environment. They operated in a hostile environment out at sea where they needed extensive edge computing for near real-time computer vision that was used to monitor the health and feeding of fish. So, you know, at sea, not only is the environment not ideal for electronics, but they also had limited space available. So we were able to deploy Dell PowerEdge XR servers that easily provided the compute performance they needed. They also met the environmental conditions requirements, and even better, they also helped with the form factor. So they helped to save space. Now, the really cool thing as they were an existing Dell PowerEdge customer, they didn't have to learn any new processes or procedures for managing these edge servers. And they were able to leverage their existing knowledge of using Dell Open Managed Enterprise and manage these remote edge servers the same way they manage servers in their data center. So that's a great outcome for them. And then I guess the other thing we have is our Dell validated designs that Michael's mentioned already as well. So customers don't need to start from ground zero to work out what they need to try and implement an edge solution. They can leverage an existing validated design, which gives them the confidence that they can meet the outcomes their business is after for a given use case. Richard, we'll stick with you. In addition to servers, what other products and services does Dell Technologies offer to help organizations meet the challenges of AI, machine learning, and edge computing? Oh, well, um, I just mentioned the Dell Validated Designs, so <laughs> we won't go over that one again. But probably one of our best-kept secrets, and definitely not something that should be secret, is the HPC Innovation Lab. This is basically our customer's ability to access, free of charge, one of three supercomputers that Dell run, and with help from the HPC Innovation Lab team and getting jobs running in that environment. Hey, Rich, I've got a really cool example of this. And we had a customer with a unique self-developed application that used machine learning to analyze vacant land and provide guidance on possible wind generation power sites. Like most customers, they were struggling with getting the most out of their servers and they were running on five-year-old servers. Uh, a typical site analysis was taking between 35 to 40 hours, and it was really slowing down to the point where the business wasn't able to provide real value to their customers and actually make money. Uh, at the end, they, they were too slow to get the information they needed. So, their, their team assessed the requirements and came to Dell saying that they needed 13 new servers um, to decrease processing time with a target of eight hours. So if they look at any plot of land, they want to be able to <clears throat> analyze it using their, their application within eight hours. So after some discussions with their, with their team and evaluating the workload and what they were using for their machine learning model, uh, we thought they could do it in six servers and still meet their requirements. <clears throat> and this is where our HPC Innovation Lab comes in. 
we were able to get these servers allocated, six of them and storage, so that the customer could text, test their model and, um, and work on these new power generation sites. Um, <clears throat> they stood their model up and they sent the data across and we absolutely destroyed the eight-hour target. The site, um, the analysis was actually taking three to four hours on six of the servers that we recommended with accelerators. Um, the, the CFO and the IT manager couldn't believe it. They um, actually were really surprised that Dell had recommended they purchase less servers. But uh, the trust we built with the customer there and the proof in the pudding of the HPC lab is, is truly amazing. We ended up working with the other IT projects and helping them with their entire, da entire data center, um, uh, as well as our Dell Financial Services to help them finance it, uh, all from a HVC Innovation Lab engagement. Great example, Michael. And like I said, it's our best kept secret and one that should not be a secret at all. Um, but we also have a team of data scientists that we're able to leverage in a pre-sales fashion. And we can do like half-day or full-day use case identification workshops or provide um, AI acceleration engagements to these customers. who They might be starting out on their AI journey and they just need a hand understanding data management or what models to consider for a particular use case. And then, I guess, then there are the data center workload specialists like myself. <laughs> so uh, clearly my job is to try and understand an overall solution for a particular use case and then help with key IT infrastructure decisions, including sizing, configuration, as well as day two operational considerations. So you get all of that and along with the fact that you know, with Dell Technologies, we have a full suite of products with a world-class supply chain with storage, networking, edge gateways, data protection software. I mean, there really is a lot more Dell has to offer customers than just PowerEdge servers. Now, I understand Dell's latest PowerEdge servers have accelerated graphics processing units. So how do these help meet the data needs we have that we've already talked about? Oh, that, that's a great question. I reckon we could do a whole podcast session on just that one question. <laughs> so, right. Look, at its heart, a GPU is a very different beast to a CPU. So unlike a CPU, it can't handle a multitude of different tasks, but rather it's great at massively parallel computing due to its single instruction, multi-data architecture. And because of this architecture, a GPU is easy to use for distributed tasks and workloads with the same operations across GPU cores. So for AI workloads, this makes GPU really well suited because these AI workloads demand large continuous data sets to help expand and refine what an algorithm can do. Now, when it comes to deep learning, so deep learning use cases, we need to take that a step further than just thinking that, you know, a GPU with lots of cores is going to help speed things up. The other thing that we really need to start thinking about is the memory that's available on a GPU. As these GPUs start getting used for these deep learning use cases and these data sets become larger and larger, we struggle to get those data sets into memory. 
This is where technologies that link GPUs together and make them seem to be a single device, or, or actually more accurately, that the memory across the GPUs acts as a large memory pool available to all GPUs that are linked. This enables these massive data sets to actually fit in memory for processing by the GPU. We can't do this over traditional PCIe architecture. We use the servers. So GPU vendors have their own proprietary solutions to solve this problem. And we have powered servers that support those solutions. So then the number one question we always get is what GPU should we spec in a server? Or, or actually most of the time people are asking, should I use an NVIDIA GPU or an AMD GPU? Hey, Rich. Hey. What about yeah. the latest Intel GPUs that have released on the market as well? Yeah, mate. And so we can definitely add Intel to that list now as well. But I think more than NVIDIA, AMD, Intel, this is where we, we really need to understand what a customer is wanting to achieve. Like, first up, are they trying to do AI training? Uh, or are they doing AI inference? So inference, but basically just running an AI model against an unknown data set to achieve some kind of result. Uh, AI training, man, that requires massive compute horsepower and typically large or, or massive data sets when we talk <clears throat> excuse me, when we talk about deep learning. Now AI inference, that typically requires less compute and maybe not even a GPU. And depending on what the output result are from that inference, maybe we don't even need that much persistent storage. Uh, I think another really important consideration, and Michael, it's something you mentioned earlier as well with our, our work with our partners, is what software libraries and models are being used. So NVIDIA have led the GPU scene for years now, and part of that has to do with their software libraries and pre-trained models. Now, the software is optimized to run on NVIDIA GPUs, unsurprisingly. And this might be, or probably is, going to be more important to those customers than how many cores or how much memory one GPU vendor has versus another GPU vendor. Dell PowerEdge has a range of features, including the integrated Dell Remote Access Controller, or IDRAC for short, as well as Cloud IQ. Can you tell us a little bit more about these features and how they can help meet the data requirements many IT teams face today? Yes, Stephen. So uh, IDRAC, as we like to call it, because, you know, we love an acronym. <laughs> <laughs> um, so IDRAC is our, I guess, it's our computer within a computer. It underpins all of our automated server configuration, server lifecycle management, proactive monitoring, and security features. So. For those that don't know what iDRAC is, it's our out-of-band management solution for PowerEdge servers. So traditionally, you know, this is what IT teams would have used for remote access stuff. So they didn't have to go to a data center to gain control of a server, power it on and off, all that kind of thing. But now it's so much more than that in a modern server. So combined with OME, or Open Managed Enterprise, which is our power managed, uh, sorry, it's our power edge management software solution. It can automatically provision a server, like installing SXI if the server is a virtual host. Um, 
iJack controls firmware updates and can coordinate with RME. So as an example, a whole vSphere cluster could have all the firmware applied to the cluster with the hosts being taken offline into maintenance mode and updated and brought back online all automatically. Uh, iJack also enables a bunch of the security features like coordinating keys for encryption of data at rest via perk controllers or data wipes when a server is taken out of service. I mean, I think it's really cool what we can do with iDRAC and IME, and particularly if customers have adopted a DevOps culture, then our use of that, the Redfish Open API standard makes access easy. And they're also a data source. So this whole podcast is about AI, right? We can now stream data from a PowerEdge server via iDRAC. So now we get hundreds of data points from the server that we can use to gain insight into how the servers are running, how they're being used, and how can we get up, how do we enhance that maybe? Like I said, I think it's really cool stuff. Hey, Rich, you make a good point there. Um, all that data has to be streamed somewhere. And Dell has a really cool cloud-based management platform for that called Cloud IQ. Uh, it's designed to work across the entire portfolio and provides real-time analytics uh, as well as health and performance insights. So many of my customers use Cloud IQ to help them with capacity planning, for example. Uh, it can collect usage data over time and uses the AIML and predictive analytics to forecast future capacity requirements. It helps our customers stay ahead of the curve and fill their business requirements before they might even need them. Um, it can also analyze data such as capacity utilization, latency, and other metrics to identify potential performance bottlenecks uh, and predict when a, a system might run out of capacity. Michael and Richard, can you give us a rundown of the security features of Dell PowerEdge servers and how they help organizations keep their data secure? Oh, well, I mean, another topic we could probably do a whole podcast on. And, and look, probably of major concern to all customers, no matter what workload they're looking at running on their PowerEdge server. Uh, personally, I think that security starts at the source, and that is the factory that makes the PowerEdge server and supply chain security. So our strategy of defense in depth and defense in breadth involves multiple layers of controls to mitigate threats that could be introduced into that supply chain. This includes physical security at the factories, vetting our suppliers and factory personnel, and GPS tracking of packages. So these controls, along with effective risk management, help establish supply chain security. Then we have the actual PowerEdge server security. And this is built on a foundation of an immutable silicon-based root of trust built into every powered server. This is all part of what enables us to exceed NIST's catchily named SP800-193 framework. It's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it, Richard? <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, and then, you know, we were just talking about iDRACs. So when it comes to iDRAC, the other thing we have there from a user authentication and an authorization point of view is we support multi-factor authentication. 
So these identity and access control features play an integral role in customers setting up zero trust operations within their IT environment. So we've got all of that, but it's still not enough. We need to be able to detect if there's a change and if necessary, recover from that change. So PowerEdge servers can lock down system configuration and automatically detect drift in firmware versions and configuration of a system. And if drift is detected, PowerEdge can respond by automatically initiating rollback of the firmware or configuration and OS to a known good version. And lastly, we make it easy to deploy encryption mechanisms built into self-encrypting drives. We use hardware-based encryption through these self-encrypting drives with the key management client embedded in iDRAC. And we also support the latest confidential compute technologies from CPU vendors. Uh, Mike, um, do you want to mention the security features from uh, CloudIQ? Thanks, Rich. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, CloudIQ not only provides visibility across the entire IT fleet, but it also offers some security features to manage specifically our PowerEdge service. It has a highly automated security policy management, and it allows you to apply a security policy to a thousand servers in under three minutes. Now, when you do the maths on that, you can save 98 hours of manually changing server configurations um, with just three clicks of a button. We automate security advisory tracking, which can be a highly cumbersome process. And CloudIQ actually filters out external databases to display the ones that are only affecting your systems that you have. And you can even schedule firmware updates completely remotely from within CloudIQ using the CloudIQ plugin for PowerEdge service. Michael, what energy efficiency and sustainability features do Dell PowerEdge servers incorporate? Stephen, sustainability is a really key part of everything we do at Dell Technologies. Um, and it's a major focus for businesses today. Um, our customers are seeking out sustainable products and services, and it makes it even more crucial for businesses to prioritize these initiatives. Um, to start, there are, of course, the technical efficiency improvements you get with a generational increase, um, delivering up to 2.9% average performance per watt improvements and utilizing these built-in accelerators. Customers can also gain 70 watts power savings per CPU in optimized power mode with minimal to no performance loss. We have our SmartFlow design, which is a, a really cool feature. And essentially, it cuts fan power by up to 52% and results in more efficient data centers, cooling the components that most need it at that particular point in time. We also have our Power Manager, which allows customers to better manage energy efficiency, monitor their carbon emissions, which is a massive focus, as well as set power caps to limit the overall energy usage. Um, and our sustainability innovation isn't just limited to these traditional technologies. Um, 
Dell also looks at the impact of every step of our product's lifecycle and has determined uh, different areas where we can improve on. Uh, uh, one of the major focuses on this is our packaging. And um, 90% of the packaging across our entire portfolio is made with recyclable or renewable materials. And this came out of our FY22 ESG report, which I highly recommend you have a read of. It's, um, it's quite amazing the things that Dell's doing in the sustainability space. Um, a great example of this is our mushroom packaging, uh, which are made from agricultural waste, um, and it can be used as compost or mulch after it's been used. It's a circular approach to design, and it's really helping us move forward towards a brighter and more sustainable future. Hey, Michael, there's another really cool thing on our new service as well, and it's all about, uh, like you said, not necessarily just the technology, but the new server multi-pack solution. So now when we have customers that are buying um, eight servers or more, instead of all the servers turning up individually boxed, which is you know how, how the industry's done it for decades, now eight, up to eight servers come packaged on a single small pallet. So we massively reduce the packaging footprint. It's just another, like it's a really simple thing, but it's another thing that's becoming way more important for, for customers and for ourselves to hit our sustainability goals. That's about all the time we have for today. Thanks to our speakers, Michael Trifolo and Richard Houghton, for giving us so much insight into Dell Technologies' PowerEdge servers. If you'd like to know more, please visit dell.com.au forward slash PowerEdge. Thanks again for listening. Goodbye and have a great day.